Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You guys, Sean Ross Sapp here for the Matt Riddle Brocast. Last week, we left it open. This week, it's back for registered members. If you are watching this a few days after, register for free at Fightful.com. Uh, absolutely free, no credit card required. You get early access to shows like this. And that Shane Helms mm-hmm. podcast this week, we're talking about his feud with the Rock. Of course, we have people like Frank Trigg, Elias Theodorou, Shane Helms, Matt Riddle, Chipper himself on this podcast. Chipper, as Rampage Jackson would say. How long has it been since anybody called you Chipper? Surprisingly, like it'll come up, you know, like, you know, Ultimate Fighter talk comes up with me quite a bit. And uh, the Chipper and people like, you know, they get it. I'm a happy guy. I'm pretty chipper. So, life is a lot better when you approach it with a happy demeanor, isn't it? You know, you do. It is. It just feels better. I think some people just want to share their misery, and I don't want to be a part of that. Yeah, you know, it depends on how you share it. If you're like a dark humor <laughs> share, I like that. Yeah, sure. Like, oh, I'm dying. What? No, I'm not. I'm just saying. But if you were, if you're more sarcastic about it, make it easier for everybody else. So uh, this was a big weekend for Fightful, and you were a part of that. Huge weekend. Huge weekend. Friday, you faced off with uh, fellow Fightful.com contributor Jason Kincaid. What was that like? It was uh, different. It was unique, but I knew that going into it. You know, uh, he he has a different style than me, of course, but – like I've said before, I think when you wrestle a guy like that, the styles clash, you know, and uh, it was good. You know, he did his crazy high-risk springboard kind of stuff, and I did my hard-hitting MMA kind of stuff, and it was a good mixture. But, you know, I ended up getting the dub at the end, you know, with the twister submission, and uh, that's how it went down. Now, he's a much smaller guy. How did he take to that hard-hitting style? You know, don't don't make excuses for me beating him. Just because he's a smaller guy doesn't mean <laughs> shit, bro. I won. But uh, uh, he, t- he took to it well, you know. Uh, it, it's uh, it's uh, I hit hard, but, like, there's different, like, how 
stick I hit somebody, you know, like the death that I hit somebody with. You can still get good noise without like killing somebody. And then, you know, like I wrestled Michael Elgin and Brian Cage and those guys, well, those guys are going to get hit really hard because you're 260 and you're jacked as hell. So it's like, but they want that. They want to get snug with it too. And I like that. So, you know, and so there's, I still hit hard, but there's different varies, you know, varying thicknesses and impacts, sure. you know? Now you're a top indie talent. You're a former UFC fighter. Do you ever have a problem with selling for somebody smaller? No, no. That's, that's good to hear. If, uh, the only thing is, it's like, I mean, I don't want to sell for somebody who's small and really terrible at wrestling. Yeah. But, but like, if you know, if they've been working for a while, they're good and, you know, and, and they lay it on, then I'm, I'm okay with that. I mean, if you just like hit me with a slap and you're like, and you're just rocked and you drop, I'll be like, well, that wouldn't happen. You know? Yeah. But like if you hit me with like a couple drop kicks or like a drop kick and you're a big guy or you know you got to tell a realistic story. If you're 140, sure. if you're 140 pounds, you're probably gonna have to hit me with like a springboard drop kick or something big to knock me off my feet or really hurt me, right? But if you're yeah. 260 pounds, a fucking clothesline is gonna clean my clock. Yeah, I know that uh, you and Jason hadn't necessarily hung out a lot or anything like that prior to despite you all both being involved you'd mentioned that to me before uh mm-hmm. what was that like really the first time you worked with jason it, it was good you know he's 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 very quiet for sure he he's definitely not as uh, i would say outspoken as myself and i wouldn't even say he's not outspoken i would say he's just very quiet subtle you know. He's a really cerebral guy. He, if anybody, he's the here modern ever... day Jake the Snake. <laughs> yeah, he uh, in his writing, it's just uh, amazing. His yeah. vocabulary is is outstanding. And when he talked about his gimmick, people are like, "What's that gimmick?" And he said, "Basically, a rollerball hellbilly." And I was like, "Damn, that's a pretty good description." Uh, Saturday night. You or Saturday? When did you fly? Was it right after the Friday show or Saturday morning? Saturday morning, very early, but I, I flew, I wrestled AAW, then I flew the next morning, Saturday morning to Sacramento, then Sacramento to LAX, and then wrestled at, you know, PWG. Yeah, that's what I want to talk about. That's what I want to talk about right now. Right now. We're there. Now we're at PWG. Well, we're at PWG. Pulled we up have, into the parking lot. Yes, we're here. You're walking into the parking lot. You got a bunch of Chosen Bros shirts, which are phenomenal by the way, phenomenal. They're pretty lovely. Uh, They're lovely. What was uh, you're in there with three sirloin beef sons of bitches? We'll say mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By normal human standards, some some I walk up to you on the street. You you know you're much bigger than me. You're much thicker than me. Now you're going in there with these three hoss cats. What's that like? Uh, honestly, it's probably my favorite thing. I like to be in there with bigger guys like that just because I know, like, I just feel like they can, for me, it's, I can get a little more, you know, forceful with it, you know? And, uh, and especially guys like we were in there with like Jeff Cobb, who has a similar style to me, 
Michael Elgin, who's working in Japan all the time and has, you know, pretty strong style, you know. And uh, Brian Cage, who does every move in the – like, he, he hit a 6-1-9 at one point during the match, you know. Uh, it's it, – I personally – I love being in the ring with guys that make it, and that's uh, – for me, it's, it's a lot of fun because then it's also an opportunity to, like, test myself as well. And, like, you know, show how strong I am, you know, for my size. I just want to say you had Elgin's number this weekend, and we'll get to that. Uh, you all beat Michael Elgin and Brian Cage. When's his title shot coming, Matt? I don't know. I don't know. Me and Jeff Cobb are tagging up again against the the Christ, you know. I forget what they called the Ohio Click or something like that. Yeah. You know? So, uh I believe they run at Rockstar Pro up here. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. So, uh, I'm, who else are they going to dig up for you all to face? Are they going to bring out B Boy and Homicide, or like El Generico and Human Tornado? Do you know who Human Tornado is? I don't. You don't. Okay, Human Tornado. You got to look up his stuff. He was an early PWG guy. Do you remember Wrestling Society X on MTV? Yes. He was the the wrestling pimp, the really skinny one with the afro. Okay. He was phenomenal. He was phenomenal. He was an early star of uh, PWG. I, I'm a little I'm a little uh, pissy. You all don't get this title shot right away. You know, you gotta wait for good things. You know, I think you know. I think this is what's gonna happen. I think we're gonna dominate the division as usual. It's me and Jeff Cobb. It's I don't I don't really know who can actually beat that combo. Like. You know, shoot or wrestling, whatever. It's like that's a pretty, it's a heavy helping, you know, as a combo. And uh, yeah, I mean, right now I think we're just going to beat everybody at PWG and beat everybody else wherever else we tag, and probably win the belts if we, you know, get the opportunity. You never know. You never know. So, like I said, you're in there with three guys who can physically do about whatever they want to most people it, what like how can you can i'm trying to think of how to phrase this what can you compare that strength and who's the strongest man in that ring don't say yourself definitely not myself definitely <laughs> not myself i would say ooh, it's hard I, I would have to say like cage is pretty strong but i would say probably elgin is probably the strongest in the ring is that pound for pound or total? I don't know. You see, that's the thing. Like, Jeff Cobb is ridiculously strong. Like, maybe he doesn't lift as much. I don't know what they lift. Maybe he lifts more. But I know, like, Jeff Cobb can, like, throw anybody, like, with ease, like, from the ground up, you know? So it's, like, it's it's kind of hard. I love seeing that type of stuff now. Like, in American wrestling prominent, or at least from what I watched, like, 10, 15 years ago, you didn't see a lot of that deadlift stuff, and I really love that. Like being a fan of MMA, sometimes if you're going to toss somebody, you got to deadlift them, and I love seeing that. And that's something a lot of these guys do. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. after you all wiped the floor with Brian Cage and Michael Elgin, you flew back to Illinois. I left that night. Well, and this is what happened: the ring broke after the first match with Trevor Lee and Cody Rhodes. Let's talk about this. This is got 
This is your fault, Matt. I figured you out. Figured me out, and you're serious. Yeah. What's up? Your, your real gimmick isn't the bro thing. You're a fucking wizard, Matt. Well, wizard. You're a psychological ninja wizard who hates using the ropes, who hates running the ropes. So every fucking show you go to, you use your psychological wizard powers to make sure the ring breaks. That way nobody can use the ropes. Yeah. I figured you out. You know. <laughs> Three times in a month and a half, Matt. I went and it, yeah, it's always me. <laughs> no. Uh, the thing is, I'm not breaking the ropes. You know, it's other people. You're doing it with your mind and making other people <laughs> that it's Chris Hero and that it's Cody Rhodes. That's what you're doing. You know, I can't I can't say that I am or am not, but uh, ropes are breaking. And this wasn't the ropes, though. The ropes were fine. Uh, something broke underneath the ring. Mm. So they had to fix that. But because that broke, it pushed our match back a little longer. So basically right after our match, I got dressed. Me and X-Pac hung out a little bit, and then we had to drive. Like, I didn't even have time to stay for intermission. Like, we had to drive right to the airport, check out, fly right to Texas, then St. Louis. Took a, took a shower in the airport in Texas. Damn. So X-Pac, X-Pac did indeed get into PWG. He did. Mr. Waltman got in. He should. He should. He ain't Jerry O'Connell. He's way above that. Really enjoyed you on his podcast, by the way. I thought that was good stuff. Oh, thanks. I enjoy you on our podcast. I, I, you know what? I enjoy me on our podcast, too. I really do. Uh, so... <laughs> You traveling son of a bitch, you went from Illinois. Well, first off, you go from Pennsylvania to Illinois. Illinois to L.A. or Sacramento. Sacramento to L.A. L.A. to, I'm I'm assuming, Houston. You flew to Houston? I think it was, yeah. It was either Houston or Dallas or something. Yeah. doesn't matter. Then to, you said St. Louis? St. Louis. And then what do you do there? You drive or you fly? Then flew to Newark. Wait, no, Newark, you wrestled in Illinois. Yeah, but I live really – yeah, I wrestled in Illinois, and then I flew home. And I live, yeah, sure. I live right in between, like, Philadelphia Airport, Newark well, Airport. We got to talk about Sunday first, Matt. Oh, yeah, sorry. Hot damn. Sunday, uh, lots of Fightful connections there as well. Of course, yes. Matt was on the show. Trina, who uh, has done our podcast several times on Mondays, she did the ring announcing – and Jason Kincaid had a great deal of success there as well. He won the Glory Pro Championship. Big weekend for him. I there was a lot of a lot of Jason Kincaid talk on my timeline this weekend that made me very happy. But uh, you beat the man with the book. You beat Michael Elgin on his show. On his show, you showed up. You smacked the taste out of his mouth, Matt. Oh, I, I wouldn't go that far. That guy's a pretty burly dude. <laughs> He is. He is. Uh, but yeah, we we definitely tore it up. We you know we tore it up at PWG. I'm not gonna lie, it was a it was a very solid good. It was it was really fun. And then uh, the Chosen Bros. It was legit. And then uh, and then at his show, we we killed it. You know, we just kept it going. We we you know we. Honestly, you know, I haven't really got to work anybody more than once. So mm-hmm. it's like now that like, I actually got to work him twice in one weekend, 
the second match was like it was so easy, you know, just because we already worked once and we already, you know, we flew together, you know, and uh, it was it was a really good match, a lot of fun, hard hitting stuff, you know. That was that was pretty cool. I mean, this is one of those weekends where. <laughs> yeah, a three. How did how do you physically feel on a Monday after these weekends where you have Friday, Saturday, Sunday dates? Not only that, there's a lot of travel going on here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could have you could have easily, easily found a booking in Illinois on Saturday night, but you know PWG, that's yeah, that's something special. So. The the PWG is definitely something something extremely special. So. Uh, you, you always got to make that booking, you know? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, they, 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 always, they always have, you know, shows everywhere. But, you know, like, certain shows mean something, you know? And I think, you know, like, even certain tournaments mean something, you know? And I think that's what brings some legitimacy to, you know, the, the sport, you know? So three straight nights. You were a busy man. What's your weekend like this weekend? Weekends like uh, Evolve Friday in Maryland. Evolve Saturday in New York. And Fightful.com has full live coverage of that, by the way, guys. Oh, hey, live coverage. And then Beyond Wrestling on Sunday. I think Friday night I have Anthony Henry. Saturday night, I have Drew Galloway. Finally get a piece of him. Can't wait. I know. I can't wait to slap the taste out of his mouth. That's what I'm going to do. Talking all that trash in his mini-doc. That he yeah, I saw that. Out. I don't know why. He's... When does your documentary drop? It should. I thought it was dropping today. I mean, I, I pumped it okay. again with a tweet earlier. I'm going to check that out uh, this evening then. I know. I'm excited. Also on those those Evolve shows, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Keith Lee, that's going to be a mm. real interesting match. Drew Galloway, Jeff Cobb Friday, Tracy Williams, ACH. Uh, of course, Matt versus Anthony Henry. you got Darby Allen versus Austin Theory. Uh, Ethan Page against Fightful.com's Jason Kincaid. And then the Evolve Championship match, Timothy Thatcher versus Fred <laughs> Hey, hi. Yeah. Hey, hi. Big trouble. Yeah. Then Saturday, of course, Matt uh, faces Drew Galloway. Ethan Page, Darby Allen. Darby Allen versus Ethan Page is one that's kind of been built up for a while. They they really built that in San Antonio. ACH against Fightful.com's Jason Kincaid. Tracy Williams, Keith Lee. That's going to be another good one. Jeff Cobb in action. You have the winner of Thatcher Yehi against Zack Sabre. That's that's a damn a damn good couple of days, Matt. Damn good couple of days. That's that's how Evolve does it. So over the course of like, I don't know, about eight days, you'll have five matches and a bunch of hoss cats, pretty much. A hoss catch? But bunch bunch of hoss cats. Hoss cats. What's hoss cats? Hoss cats. Let, let's let's Google. Let's put it in the Google machine. Hoss cats. Hoss cats. H o s s cats. C a t s. You want to see what a hoss cat looks like? And I have you a bunch to... of hoss cats. A bunch of hoss cats. You want to see what a hoss? Uh, yeah, looks show like? me what's a hoss cat. 
Here's here's what a hoss cat looks like. You got a bunch of hoss cats in there. Look at that hoss cat. A house cat. A hoss cat, not a house cat. A hoss cat. Is a hoss cat like a fat cat? It's like a really stout cat. Nimble, athletic, but stout. Hoss cat. Well, let's look at Urban Dictionary. A term indigenous to the Southern Virginia region used to describe someone who is considered cock diesel. All right. All right, then. Ah, damn. Uh, So you got a bunch of hoss cats you're facing. Ah, good times. So in wrestling MMA news, did you see the Braun Strowman Big Show match? No, but people were raving about it. Did you see it? It was phenomenal. I want to now. Big Show has Braun Strowman in an arm ringer. And Braun Strowman decides to roll through and then kip up. It was impressive. I like it. It was impressive. I like they, it. They went at each other. There were power slams, choke slams, KO punches. Yeah. Man, these two, you can tell they had been working the loops together, the, the house show loops, and it really paid off. I thought it was kind of cool because, I mean, last year people were chanting a big show. They were chanting, please retire. And this year they're chanting, this is awesome, while these two guys are just facing off. That's kind of cool to see. Now, what I want to ask you, Matt, what the hell is that sitting next to you on your couch? Oh, this bad boy? Yeah. This is the official Hacksaw Jim Duggan Hall of Fame 2011 Bro 2x4. Now, first I want to ask, how do you go about acquiring that? Did you go to like Home Depot? What for the wood? Yeah, I don't know. I think they had it there no, for the couch mat. Yeah, for the wood. I think did they, like, had did they have it them there. for sale? And you were just like, that seems like a good idea, yeah. and it does if you're if you're there. Where was this at? Where'd you get this? This was in Pennsylvania. My buddy actually, I actually, I'll be completely honest. I've never met Hacksaw Jim Duggan. What? <laughs> my, what? My buddy got me this too, my boy. Because he did, my buddy like set up an autograph signing with yeah. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And I was a big fan. He knew that, you know, and he was also like, I worked with him doing an autograph signing myself for him. You know, he's also set up seminars. His name is Brian Slater. He's a very nice man. But he Allegedly. got this one. He told me he was doing one with Hacksaw. I was like, bro, if you get a two-by-four signed, I'd be very stoked. So who else is signed by? I see more signatures. Than oh, no, one. it says, good luck, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, Hall of Fame 2011. Hall! I was saying about changing oh, that to bro. Oh, <laughs> Nice. Our, uh, the, the website owner, Jimmy Van, actually booked Jim Duggan whenever he ran indie shows back back in the day. That sounds nice. Back in the day. Interesting set of memorabilia. I still got the laser engraved Jeff Jarrett guitar. I got the the Rey Mysterio mask signed it. I'm going to give oh, away. Whoa. Yeah. I'm not a big signature guy, but somebody I think somebody just gave that to me as like a gift. That's a pretty and I was sweet like, you know gift. What? 
And I gave one to my catch wrestling coach because he's a he's a big uh, Rey Mysterio fan. Because I got two of them. They gave me two of them, and I gave one to him. So I'm probably going to give this one away in a contest. Something like that. I actually I found my old wrestling action figures. And I really? found I found the vintage Jeff Jarrett when he had the ponytail and he wore the oh, white really? singlet. Like he was wearing like the Native American colors. Like the yes, I like the green, white, orange, and white. Yeah. It wasn't- well, let me show you, my friend. This sits on my desk. Brian Pillman. Well, that's that's just legendary. That's a that's yeah. that's a good one. He's wearing the Bengals gear, and I'm a Bengals fan, so that that's kind of cool. So he, he's a Cincinnati guy, so somewhat local to me. But hey. yeah, I've got I've got a Papa Shango around here too somewhere. That's pretty sweet. That's pretty sweet, bro. So what else did sweet. you do this week other than watch Braun I went to Indianapolis. Oh, travel. Beautiful man. city. Yeah, very rare for me to do that, but I did. I loved the city. Uh, I had a friend who was out there uh, doing some performance stuff, doing some art stuff, and uh, they actually drove all the way from Indianapolis for my wedding, having never met me in person. So we kind of returned the favor. I like to Indianapolis. You ever wrestled there? No, I've driven through there. I'm nice little place. Home. Nice little place. I want to get your your opinion on something, Matt. Shoot. Because you have been – to say that you have always been this beloved by media and fans isn't isn't the case. Am I right? What do you mean? You have been the butt of a few jokes due to marijuana tests and your exit from the UFC. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. So, I mean, you you caught a lot of shit back in the day. And it's it's funny because I think that it had that – Firing happened a couple years later. The story would be much different. But Chris Cyborg was recently cleared of any wrongdoing by USADA. She tested positive in December for the the substance. I won't get into the substance. It can be used as a masking agent, basically. Uh, USADA deemed that she used it for uh, therapeutic purposes for uh, in relation to a health issue that she had. And granted her a retroactive therapeutic use and exemption. She did not disclose this substance when she took her test. So they come there. They say, hey, you've been taking anything? She goes, no. Well, then she gets popped. Then she gets her therapeutic use exemption. How do you feel about USADA doing that? Kind of going back a little bit. And I'll make sure for next week I have all the details. It's just this situation really popped up as we're filming. As we're filming this a day early, by the way, guys. Yeah. But but here here's the real thing I want your opinion on. She popped up on Twitter, and I go back and forth with her on Twitter all the time, or her handlers, whoever the hell's doing it. And it says, MMA media, if you have a writer on your website staff who are targeting me and my team with bad press. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Don't ask me for any more interviews. 
Then she says, I will no longer be giving interviews to fake news sites who don't hold their staff accountable for nonsense opinion articles written as fact. Mm. This is in response to, I think, Ian Kidd of Bloody Elbow, who is a PED specialist. He's writing a, he's writing a, a weight-cutting book. He's very learned on the situation. By all means, what the things that he writes about these weird retroactive TUEs aren't false. You got a lot of flack in the media from fans, and I'm sure you have a lot of those people asking to write stories about you now, asking to interview you now. How do you approach that as someone who has had that happen to them? I don't know. I mean, it, it's... Is it hard to forget that type of stuff? I personally just... I just buried it deep, deep down inside. <laughs> I don't talk about it. And never brought it up again. <laughs> I just don't bring it up. No, I mean, I, at this point... I don't know. They, they've done so many shitty things in MMA over the years. Really, At one point, they were just allowing every fighter to do whatever they wanted, any drug they wanted, as long as they had a doctor's note, except for, like, weed. And then now they're, like, up the things for weed, and they're drug testing harder. But then, like, they're going back on their drug testing saying, well, this is their excuse or this is the reasoning why. I mean – what are you going to do? It's like it's a really – it's a real gray area. And once you kind of are flexible at one point, what else are you going to be flexible on? And at this point, it's like they can't make up their mind. And it's you, – as you can see, it's just a big clusterfuck. It's always going to be this way until like there's one – and it's not, no, no. It's just never going to work. It's never going to work. So- this is a woman who failed two drug tests. She was given a therapeutic use exemption for this one. And she's saying, if you run bad stories about me, don't ask me for interviews. How do you feel? Like I said, I mean, I'm the type of guy. I mean, Matt, if you went out and you and you punched a baby, mm. I got to write about it. Even though even though you work for me, I got to write about it, you know. Do I keep, That's the type of, do I keep my job? <laughs> To be honest, is this this a real baby or is this like a work baby? A real baby. This this is a work baby? To be honest, (laughs) a shoot baby. It's a shoot baby. Oh, yeah. A shoot baby. I think Jimmy Van would keep you on because of the controversy it would cause. I really do. Yeah, and you you guys know me. If I punch a baby, it's for the right. That baby probably had it coming. It's for the right reason. (laughs) I I rarely ever punch babies. Rarely. Rarely. <laughs> it's a very rare time. Like, when was your last baby punching experience? I don't think it's ever happened. I mean, I think I was punched as a baby. Really? I, no, I, t- I remember my, my parents told me I took a high back body drop as a baby. No. Yes. How? Well, my grandpa was holding me, and he like went like this, and I just went right over, like, you know, flipped over him and just – Took that that first bump of my life. Oh man, I've never liked taking those like as an adult, much less as a baby. And you probably had no co- you you couldn't understand the gravity, literally the gravity. Well, I remember when I was like, what was it, eight months? I remember like just tucking my chin and you know, 
just you know the bottoms of my feet landed flat and everything. Oh was, god, it was perfect, smooth. Oh, yeah, I went through. I feel like one day we need to have a Matt Riddle reads mean tweets thing because when you started as a pro wrestler, a lot of people thought it was a joke, Matt. Yeah, probably. Here, here is one of the comments. Now, don't take these to heart. Oh, Matt Riddle is an utter doofus, so he will be great at this. Yeah. How does that make you feel, Matt? Well, you know, I think there's different kind of people out there. That That's the same person that probably says wrestling's fake, but then thinks, like, the transporter's fucking awesome. So it's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's whatever. It's like that guy. Isn't that weird? Like, I, I very much I respect Joe Rogan. I love his show, but for a guy who likes, who is on TV and has done TV shows and movies stuff like that, he has this weird disdain for pro wrestling. And I'm just like, man, have you ever been to a play? You ever watched well, a movie? It's just the same thing. It's yeah, live. You know what it is, and I'll say this straight out. And, it's like, and I'm not trying to start shit, but it is true. It's like he's a fucking poser. It's like. Jeez. He is. He like he didn't start smoking pot until he was like 30, but that's all he can fucking talk about. And he, he just he's fucking he'll he'll do what he'll say whatever he has to say to get a paycheck. He's done it before. And I don't mean this mean, but it's it's true. It's like and that's why he would be like, Oh well, pro wrestling's bullshit. It's like, well, Joe, why don't you get in the fucking ring with me? And see how bullshit it is, because you can get to the ropes or do whatever. I'll get to the ropes and I guarantee I fucking fight you. You know, it's just that, but that's pro wrestling to me. And I guess he probably yeah. doesn't like the show side of it. But then yeah. again, like that's part of it, you know. And look at what the UFC does today. Look at what Pride did. Look at what all MMA promotions are doing today. It's like they bring that, you know, the promos in, the controversy in, the drama in, you know, the behind the scenes. You know, that's that's part of it. You know. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, he has admitted that like, he, he often embellishes things on those UFC broadcasts, which from what I hear, the new regime seems to be against that type of thing. They want it to be more straightforward, more like a sport. But then they, they say they, – uh, allegedly they want it to be more like a sport, and they're letting top ten UFC fighters walk out the fucking door every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kyoji Horiguchi just left, signed with Ryzen. Uh, mm-hmm. Lorenz Larkin's about to sign with Bellator. Misha Serkinov and Nikita Krylov just hit the bricks. Like, it's weird, man. Like, when you got fired, Matt, that was an anomaly. When Gerald Harris got fired, that was an anomaly. And Gerald was maybe top 20, top 25. Uh, When John Madsen was let go, people were like, damn, they let him go? He was like maybe top 20, top 25. They're letting top five, top ten guys just stroll out the door. Yeah. Why Why do you think they're so willing to do that? Because this is the thing they did. The UFC, and I said it before when I was there, it's like, and, and it's the reason why the Pride guys, when they came over, were so successful and still are because they the fighters were made. The fighters were built. You know, Pride was just the house they lived in, you know, while the UFC only promotes themselves. They don't promote their fighters. You know, it's like they promote UFC 100, UFC 200, you know. They're trying to make the brand the draw. The brand is the draw. But, you know, but, like, they only have, like, a couple of stars. Like, think about who most fans can list off the top of their head. Conor McGregor, mm-hmm. 
Like who else? Maybe Ronda Rousey. Maybe Ronda Rousey. Maybe a couple more Anderson Silva there, Chuck Liddell there. But like I mean, maybe maybe John Jones, but probably for the wrong reasons. Yeah, you know. So and same thing with like Rampage and others, you know. But it's just like that's just how it is, you know, because they don't promote their athletes; they promote their product, you know. Speaking of, we have an interview with Rampage Jackson coming up very soon. Oh, hey, Rampage Jackson, good man. He is a good man. He's he's a fun dude to talk to as well. Yes, yes. When's the last time you talked to Rampage Jackson? It's been forever. It's been forever. I haven't really? talked to him in forever. He was your coach, right, on the Ultimate he Fighter? He was my coach on the Ultimate Fighter. <laughs> Explain to me the tutelage of Rampage Jackson. He taught any. He taught me a, all. He taught me some life lessons. No, really? No. He uh, <laughs> don't say it. Don't joke about beating your kids on. He didn't tell me about that one. Definitely didn't. That would have been a useful one. Would have been a good one. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, he taught me a sweet guillotine defense. You know, nice. and uh, that that was about it. You know, he taught me some like good stand up drills to stand up and do stuff like that. You know, but uh, yeah, he he was uh, yeah, you know, he wasn't the greatest like hands on kind of coach. You know, like he had Zach, uh, he had Zach Light there and uh, Wainito. Oh, Juanito Ibarra. Okay, so what was Juanito like to work with? Because he was kind of like a lightning rod of controversy soon after that. I I loved Juanito. He was a great coach. Had you know, he had a lot going on, like his one you know, like for camp wise, I felt like he had, you know, a lot of tools. But at the same time, you know, uh I, I don't know. Everybody Rampage, has Rampage was never really the same after he split with Juanito. Yeah, I mean, and I know that there was a lot of issues regarding money, and then actually Juanito would go and win a settlement over, I think, Rampage and Tito Ortiz for like defaming him and uh, saying some things that maybe cost him a lot of money himself. But I mean, Rampage right now is on a five-fight win streak, but it's over like Satoshi Ishii and Fabio Maldonado and Joey Beltran. He had a win, a, a win over King Mo, but. Really, other after why was this a win? What happened? It was a. a cl- I don't want to say anybody was robbed because you have, in order to be robbed of a fight, that would imply that something actually happened. Oh, uh, okay. So they just yeah, up, they showed up and got a check and sweated by each other. It, like Andre Arlovsky versus Brendan Schaub. Like I'm, you're not going to tell me anybody got robbed in that fight because nothing fucking happened in that fight. Like nothing, the fight did not exist in that situation. I hear you. Also, I found it interesting that, by and large, Team Rampage lost their asses on that show because I thought you all had the better team. We did have the better team. I don't think we trained the best. I'm uh, shocked with with Rampage as a coach. No way. Yeah, you know, I think that was that was it, and. uh not just that we gave them the first like he picked first, but then he got the they got the first pick the first fight choice, or no yeah. maybe we even got the first fight choice, but like 
the matchup was a poor matchup. Like, why would you pick that matchup? But I think we gave yeah. them – I think they picked it, and they made the matchup. Because they put JT against Mike Dolce. He got choked. Then I fought Tim Cordor. And even though it was a close fight, it was like – Tim's like – I was 21, 22 at the time. Tim was like 32 and had like 15 pro fights under his belt. You know, I had one amateur fight under my belt. Yeah. If you look at the next season – Ryan Bader's still doing it at a high level. Vinny Magalhaes kind of fell out of the UFC. Tom Lawler, unfortunately, suspended. Why is he suspended? Uh, USADA deal. What's a USADA deal? He failed a drug test. Oh, just for, like, weed or something? Uh, no, I don't think it was weed. I don't think they, I don't think they released the substance. Oh. But um, so, so on your season, on your season, CB Dalloway's still doing it. You could probably still be doing it. Gerald Harris still doing it. He tore his. Did you hear? Did I tell you what happened to Gerald? Oh man! Didn't wasn't he supposed to fight or something? Uh, he fought. So he fought. He did his comeback fight after three years being retired. Keep in mind when he was in World Series of Fighting, they promised. Why, why are you making it like? Why are you telling a Cinderella story? It, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad, man. He yes. was in World Series of Fighting. He was promised Bruce Amal Parhares. They pulled that fight and then wouldn't give him a fight. So he just retired. He comes back after three years, and the guy that he's facing, Matt, misses weight by 50 pounds. I heard that's outrageous. Okay, so he slams the guy, knocks him out, kills him. The UFC's finally going to give him his chance, right? He's going to be back on the Ultimate Fighter. He tears his Achilles. He's out for like a year. No, not his Achilles. Yep, his Achilles. And he's 37 years old. That's not good. That yeah, sucks. But he, but he probably How caught, about that Cinderella story, Matt? But he probably caught it right guy. away. The UFC, maybe the UFC will help him with the I hope so. bills. He was supposed to fly out and talk to them and tore his Achilles. That is that's oh, heartbreaking, man. If he didn't even have the talk. Yeah. You should have wrapped that shit up. <laughs> oh, man. It was, it's a bummer, but uh, yeah. It, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, that's horrible. It is horrible. See? <laughs> it's horrible. That's horrible. Why did you ruin A tough seven curse, I think. I don't think it's a curse. Like, Matt Brown's not doing horrible. Yeah, he's what? doing pretty fucking bad, Matt. How is he doing bad now? He's, he's lost, like, a billion fights in a row. Yeah. Let me look. Hey, hey. Sure. Yeah, he's lost five. He's lost five of his last six fights. I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> You're doing pretty good. You're doing okay. You know, so not to not to put a damper on things, but you're doing. All yeah, right. I'm doing fine. I think they're all doing fine. I saw I saw Matt Brown with his kids. He's doing fine. He has a Harley. You know, I think Dan Kramer's in Bellator now. Dan Kramer's been in Bellator for like yeah, yeah. eight years. Oh, he's been- yeah, he has. He just hasn't fought in, like, two years. That's what that, it is. Yeah, and, like, he's made it to, like, the semifinals of, like, every Bellator middleweight tournament. No, they ain't doing those anymore. Yeah. You were signed for a Bellator tournament once. Yeah, and I cracked my rib, and I asked for I, – I literally, like, it was, like, two weeks out. I go, can I have, like, a two-week extension? You're having a card that day? And I go, you're doing it for Joe Warren. Because he had, like, some brain issue. I'm like, I literally have a crack rib. Just give me two more weeks. I'll fight then. And then, you know, because I'm not going to be good to fight in two weeks. I'm like, I can't train, like, 
for two weeks at least, you know? And they were like, no, you're not getting a fight, this, that, and the other thing. So. Huh. Did, yeah. Now, did they, did Bellator, like, purchase your contract from somebody? From You had signed with Legacy, right? With Legacy. So did you have any say in that whatsoever? Yes and no. Like, I was like, yeah, I would like to work with Bellator. And then, like, you know, and I talked to the guys at Bellator. I was like, yeah, you know, if you guys want to do that, I wouldn't mind. And they did it. But then, like, you know, like, uh, like negotiating the contract was a little iffy, you know. Like, I think everybody's had a problem with Bellator when negotiating the contract. You know, I don't think I was the first one. I don't know how it is now. But I, yeah. I, I remember, you know, Legacy FC not being able to pay what, they promised me and had me written down on paper for. And, of course, they were just like, I don't know what they thought. They just thought it was okay. And then, of course, they sold my contract to Bellator. And then Bellator wanted to renegotiate. And I was like, no, like, you just bought my contract. And, of course, eventually, I I legally can't talk about this part of it. But, yeah. So that's basically Will you ever be legally able to talk about that part of it? Is I don't know. A, Maybe if Bellator's gone, and then I can be like, yeah. yeah. Or, you know, I don't know. I always wondered. Because I know that you have mentioned that on several occasions that you're legally, like, you're unable to speak about some of that stuff. Yeah. <sighs> did you see what, or did you hear what The Rock did at Raw this week, by the way? No, I didn't. What did he do? So he's there filming this movie. They're doing a movie about Paige's life. But he didn't appear on Raw. He appeared before and after. He gets out there, and in front of the crowd, he calls CM Punk on the phone. And Triple H and Vince McMahon are livid. Like, legit. Livid. Not happy about it. I think it's all in good fun. Where's the harm? I don't know. I mean... I, I personally don't see the harm in it. But then then again, you know, if you allow somebody to be behind the scenes part of it, you know how wrestling is, and then yeah. you do some shit like that, like, that's not cool. You know, so especially if you know it's going to rub somebody the wrong way. And I feel like Triple H and Vince McMahon, like, that would rub them the wrong way. Like, oh, it just, certainly did. Just thinking about it, like, hey, who who could I do call if I was going to do this? And, <laughs> That'd be like probably the last person. CM Punk says he didn't answer because he was walking his dog and it was his dog's birthday. And that's his, sounds like a good reason. And that's his answer. And that, yeah, and he and that's his answer. Uh huh. And he, he that's why him, I think like, honestly I have no words. I have no words for that guy. He said that his uh, UFC he, performance and then him walking his dog on his birthday. I have no words for him. What's wrong with walking his dog? And you mad because you don't have a dog to walk? I, his I'm a little bit, I am a little bitter. I am a little bitter that somebody found my dog, claimed it as his, and I can't get it back. Yeah, I am. And then this guy's not going to pick up a telephone call from The Rock because he's walking his dog. Well, maybe yeah. he's appreciating every minute he has with his dog because he watches our podcast and saw what happened to you and doesn't want it to happen. I bet that's exactly he what he probably, Yeah, maybe. He should appreciate the 45 seconds of UFC time he has. To be fair, it was like two minutes. Minute 45? I think it was two minutes. 
two minutes like and 15 that. seconds. I feel like there was an interval of 45 in there. So, <laughs> so, so you still you still don't have your dog back. You're no, not they're it. not. I'm not getting it back, man. They're not gonna give it back to me. There's like you need to have a fence around your yard that's at least six feet tall. Just, what? That's like that's one of the requirements. Because are you trying to keep immigrants out? What is this? six dude, feet tall? Because of his athletic background, because he's a, like a husky. Oh it's my re- god, dude! It's it's ridiculous! It's ridiculous! It's like a, like it would probably be the same if I wanted to like get a German Shepherd. And I was like, oh, can I adopt that? It's like, do you have a wall around your house that's six feet tall at least? And even then, a German Shepherd can hop that. God, they're trying to like not have any sunlight shine on your house. Six foot wall, dude. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, no, but I'll keep them inside, take them for runs, and if I have to, I'll, you know, like walk them around the yard of the property. But like, I live in Pennsylvania. Like, I live by a cornfield. I like. Like the guy knows where I live. He came to my house. Like he knows. Like, and I have like a like I have like yeah. three floors, like a basement, first floor, second floor. You know, so it's like pretty ridiculous. There has to be something legally you can do. Has to be. I don't. Well, maybe I don't know. I don't know. It's it just it, it just seems like it's a messy situation. Like they had my dog, and I mean, we called the police. We called everybody. And we couldn't find him for, like, a good month or two. And then, like, yeah, we stopped looking because it's, like, haven't heard. Somebody probably just took him. That's what we figured. Sure. Which somebody did. It just so happens, like, they also, like, get other rescues. And they're, like, well, you didn't find our rescue for, like, North American or Northern breed dogs or something. Yeah. So I don't want to get into it. It's a hard topic. Guys, I think I think you all should probably go to kingofbros.com, buy a bunch of uh, bro merchandise. You, you know, and Matt can get it. Matt can get the the six foot white picket fence he's always dreamed oh, of. Oh yeah, you know, it, I probably probably not. Probably, <laughs> probably not. I'm good. I I wish I had my dog back, but it happened. Just line up Cobb and Cage and Michael Elgin out there. That that'll serve as a wall. You know the thing is, my dog's pretty good. Like, he, like they said, they found him like right down the street. Like he never ventures far. Like we usually find him, but they must have like found him right away and they like, took him. Yeah, not gonna get into it. That's that's almost outright robbery. You know, and I kind of said that when the guy came here. I was like, you know, and he's like saying things. I'm like, you know, you kind of just like took her dog. Took it. You took her dog and then like said you rescued it. And then we finally see our dog because we recognize our dog because it's our dog we've had since a puppy. And then you're yeah. like, no, it's like we can't give it back to you because you don't have a fence. And that was basically the biggest reason. You don't have a fence. And you didn't look long enough. You should imagine your kid. Like imagine your kid is outside playing frisbee, crosses the road to get a frisbee, and somebody drives up and says, "Wow, oh, this kid, we got to take it to a, a foster home right now." North, Northern breed kids foster home, not even the normal foster home. <laughs> Jesus, we Matt, do. anything else to tell these people before we go? You know, uh, come out to the shows, come out to Maryland, come out to New York City, come out to uh, Boston or Providence. I'm not sure where it is necessarily in the new is that sunday yeah that's sunday beyond oh nice i'm wrestling donovan i'm wrestling donovan dijak 
Oh, nice. And Mikey Webb, it's Bro Steel. Me and Chuck O'Neill. Dude, I'm doing some tag work. I feel like 2016 was all singles. 2017, I'm venturing into that tag territory. I like it. I like it. Diversify. I got. I got to be able to do everything. You know. You're branching out, guys. Visit fightful.com. All your news, wrestling, uh, MMA related, boxing related. We got results, exclusive interviews, podcasts, videos, photos. Really, anything you can ask for in a pro wrestling MMA website. Register absolutely free. No credit card or anything like that required to get early access to shows like this and the Shane Helms show. It's a good time. It is. I mean, I just hang out with my hacksaw, Jim Duggan, two by four, or my, you know, my championship belt. That's actually upstairs right now. Are you going to do an old glory knee drop this weekend at Evolve? An old glory? No, 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 no. I don't three do point that. stance into the clothesline. No, I can't do that. <laughs> Why not? That's just not, a fucking tombstone. That that's just yeah. I don't do it. Like I don't like. And do a tombstone. All right. <laughs> I fucking do it like I would do a tombstone. I fucking tilt the world your ass and jump with that shit. Like nah, one day you'll be good. One day you'll be good enough in the ring to hit an impaler. But guys, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, you know, I was I should hit an impaler into a guillotine, like pick him up like that, sure. and then just hop up, take like a back bump, like it hurt them more than me. Sure. Ah. Do it. Uh, you I drive know. somebody's skull into the mat at a at an angle, yeah, it'll hurt somebody. Yeah, that's true. I've knocked somebody out like that once, maybe twice. Guys, we are out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.